0: broadcasting from charlotte north carolina on sports byline usa uniting sports fans everywhere this is unpacking it with bryce johnson if god wasn't
1: in my life i really don't know how i would get through it how how i would play this game
0: for the next hour we will unpack sports faith and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world as people we get caught up in i can do it without allowing god to come and work and actually be the center of it all bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose
1: christ is there always Um, it, it, it is never he's never shaken he's never
0: taken away once you become a believer now from his mic to your ears this is bryce johnson
2: Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson, so glad to be with you. Today on the show, we will be joined by former NFL fullback, Justin Griffith. He was also an assistant coach in the league and ultimately realized that, that coaching wasn't for him long term Uh, but he's got just an incredible story of how he kind of figured that out how he even got into coaching and so we're going to have some fun with justin griffith today on the show you can check out our website unpackingit.com also toward the end of the show we'll do our segment unpack this about the green bay packers defense it looks like Aaron Rodgers might finally be on a team with a great defense again. Now, remember, they went to the Super Bowl and, and all that and had good defense. Uh, had a good defense during that time when they won. But now, based on Thursday night, it's, it could be an exciting season for the Packers. Or was it Chicago struggling offensively? But, but either way, it, it always takes a couple of weeks for offenses to get going. But I think Green Bay's defense showed Hey, we got some players this year. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about that toward the end of the show. Uh, Also, check out our website, unpackingit.com. You can subscribe to the Unpack This devotional. And we send it out each weekday through email. It's a quick thought about sports, faith, and life. And it's meant to encourage and challenge you and inspire you each day. So definitely check that out. All right, so coming up, Justin Griffith is our guest you won't want to miss it we'll go three segments with him so we're going to go in depth and unpack his journey coming up on unpacking it
0: inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews more unpacking it with bryce johnson after this bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson.
2: Thanks so much for joining us on Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Our website is unpackingit.com. You can email me, Bryce, at com. You can also find our podcast anywhere podcasts are found, just search unpacking it. Hope you're having a wonderful weekend. Football is back. I know I'm fired up. And Thursday night NFL kickoff may not have been the best game, but it was competitive. Came down to the wire. Uh, but it was special for me because this is this is the first football season that I'll have a baby. And so my uh, little daughter Maddie was born three weeks ago. She's doing awesome, healthy. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun watching football with her in my arms. So, uh, So excited about that. But let's jump into our interview. And joining us now, former NFL fullback Justin Griffith. He was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons in the fourth round of the 2003 NFL draft after playing his college football at Mississippi State. He also spent time with the Raiders, Seahawks, and Texans. And after his playing days, was on the coaching staff in Oakland and Seattle. He's a husband, a father, a restaurant owner, and a brother-in-law, a former NFL player, Al Wallace. Justin is also a passionate speaker and a man of faith, and we're thrilled to have him join us today on Unpacking It. Justin, thanks so much for being with us. How are you?
1: Man, thank you guys for having me. I am doing well, man, enjoying this day. And um, just glad to be on the show, man. Thank you guys. Definitely thank you guys for asking me to do it I'm ecstatic about it
2: awesome awesome well, we're we're glad to have you and and of course the the NFL season has officially kicked off and so as a former, oh yeah, man <laughs> as a former player and coach do, do you still follow the game closely and and what are you most intrigued by this year
1: uh, I, 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 I definitely follow the game man well you know when you when you grow up in something man from top one all the way up to to, to professional league man it doesn't lead you easily <laughs> so so I, I tend to I tend to follow the game at the at the high school, college and pro level. Um and just seeing just seeing the trends, man. I'm I'm mostly excited about this year. Obviously in the NFL, man, we are they're approaching I think this is uh the hundred years they've been active. So so uh I I I'm excited about that for guys still being able to, to make the game safe and still being able to play the game. And um, one thing I tend to look at, you know, I was the old fullback in the league, and I'm looking at all the new trends now. Yeah, it seems like the full the fullbacks are that's the dinosaur position. <laughs> that's, and you don't see a whole bunch of them out there. So I'm glad I was a part of that era when fullbacks were somewhat important.
2: Yeah, well, I was going to ask you about that. So, so why do you think it's not as prominent, and and how do you feel about that? And and do you feel like teams are missing out by not utilizing the fullback?
1: The game has with everything. Everything evolves at some point. I mean, the game has changed a lot. Uh, you you see where uh, players who can who can really move in space can really make people miss. Really, people get get open. You can kind of see that's changing, far as offensive on the offensive side of the ball. A lot of people are throwing the ball now. A lot of people want smaller guys on the field. You know, fullbacks. There was you had one job. One job was the ram block somebody, get that person out of the way so the person behind you can score touchdowns. And that's you have to know that going in. But the game has changed so much, man. A lot of people you got great athletes, man, who can move in space defensively and offensively. And when you have that, you don't you don't have a dire need to have a fullback in the game all the time.
2: It, it's interesting, and it's such a, a great position, and it's weird not to see it, it out there as often. But former NFL fullback Justin Griffith is with us right now on Unpacking It. So so how did you end up being a fullback? How, how did you land as, as that being the, the position that, that you were able to to have a, a nice NFL career doing?
1: I'll tell you what, man. Uh, uh, you know, Coming from a little town in McGee, Mississippi, that's the town that I'm from. You know, football was very important. we had guys like John Mangum, Chris Mangum, guy named Harold Shaw, guys like that came out of that little town of McGee, Mississippi. Wow. Where you uh football high school football was very important. So, you know, growing up a kid, you 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 played the game and and being from a small town in the wing tee set, the fullback is pretty much the main guy in that wing tee offense. You run the ball the whole lot. Hmm. Well when I got to Mississippi, when I got to Mississippi State uh I was one of the bigger <laughs> the bigger running backs uh that they had recruited that year. And uh I was in the mix with this uh Desenzo Miller and, and Dante Walker and all those guys and Coach Sheryl said, Justin, you big enough, I think you can play fullback. Hmm. Well, I balked at it the first time. I was like, Coach, I don't want to play fullback coach. <laughs> and it took me I would say it took me two years of where I literally one time walked off the field because i felt like i was being cheated Hmm. and and i I tell you i got some great information by the man by the head coach at the time and he told me he said justin brought me in his office i remember this day he said justin if you play fullback you will play in the nfl for years wow and i took the man's information and um lo and behold I, I took into the position, and lo and behold, I got drafted by the Atlanta Falcons, and I played eight years in the NFL. Wow. And I, I give I, – I mean, some, some there are some, certain things that, that you experience or that things that happened in your life where that was a pivotal moment for me. Hmm. And I'm glad I took the information that he told me and applied it work my behind off to get big enough and strong enough to play the position. And I ended up doing that for eight years of my life. Wow.
2: It's incredible. Justin Griffith, former NFL fullback with us on unpacking it. And, and so you, you mentioned earlier, you know, the game is getting safer. Now the fullback position it was always a very physical position. You're putting yourself out oh, there yeah. and, and, and sacrificing mm-hmm. physically big time. So from that perspective, you are still glad that you played that position? How are you feeling today health-wise and just kind of this this whole idea of of what you went through th- during those 8 seasons as a fullback?
1: Well, I, I you know, now <laughs> I wish I was playing kind of wish I was playing in the era that they're playing in now <laughs> because um, most teams after the the new CBA that happened back in 2011 put a whole lot of stipulations on guys, I put a whole lot of stipulations on coaches too. Guys are not to be are not required to be around the facility as much as we had to be around the facility. Sure. Uh where we started off season workouts in February, March. Now guys are off until April. Mm. And so they had a little more downtime to, to take care of your bodies, to spend more time with your families. But when I played it was like in the season in in December. All right, we're gonna start workouts at the end of February, and, and 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 football was a year round thing, and not only just with the workout portion of it, but the training camp portion of it. Hmm. Now, man, when I my head coach when I came out, it, By the his name was Dan Reeves. Well, Dan oh. Reeves was an old school kind of guy, <laughs> and when you had two, that had two days. You had two days. That means you had two days. You had live goal lines, You had live short yardage. You had live contact at doing two days. And, 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 and now is you get a certain number of days that you have to practice in pads and you cannot practice. have a two-day practice consecutively, consecutively behind each other. That's right. So the game has changed and, and they're making it safer and they're making it safer and I'm glad to hear that for the, the players who are playing now. That means careers can be, people can carry on with their careers and guys can, can take care of themselves more but i will say the life that the life that i live right now i do have to make some pain
2: i'm sure i'm sure <laughs>
1: That i have to deal with uh coming from the the old school china way of playing football and even I, even just thinking about guys before me Ooh. and i mean those guys i mean they went two days for months man for a month of going through two a days, Dan Reed was nice enough, nice enough to cut it at two weeks, <laughs> but those guys went for months <laughs> yes. of going through this whole thing where they had to make a team, man. And not only that, and pay. Obviously, the the salaries were different before me, and when I when I played, and now what the what the salaries are now. Football has evolved, is evolving, and it's becoming safer. And people still love um, the NFL ball, and and it's still growing.
2: Well, Justin, we need to take a quick break, but we are just getting started with the former NFL fullback, Justin Griffith, right here on Unpacking It.
0: Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson.
2: It's the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson. Justin Griffith, our guest right now on Unpacking It, former NFL fullback. He was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons in the fourth round of the 2003 NFL draft. And so as you look back at your NFL career, of course, you, you, know, you, you deal with the aches and pains from a, a nice career in the league. But, but what are you most thankful for and, and what did you gain by being an NFL player?
1: Well, I mean, what I'm thankful for is um, the type of, well, I'm gonna say the commitment that you had to to put out to even make a football team. Mm. I'm glad I had the experience. I'm glad I had the experience of going through the, the combine. I'm glad I had the experience of going through the draft. I'm glad I had that experience of, of sitting down and having interviews with the Falcons, with uh, the, the Bengals, sitting down, sitting down and having actual interviews where these guys are asking you questions about your life and asking you questions about stuff on the field. Hmm. I'm gl- also, I'm glad I'm, I had the opportunity of being a rookie where you, you, you were the new guy in town, but you had to learn how to adjust. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I had the opportunity of getting past that first year and become the veteran and helping other guys behind me. Mm. See, that's the NFL is. I mean, if you, I mean, if you ever have the opportunity to make it there, anybody, it's it's the it's the walk that you appreciate. Wow. It's what it took to get there. It's the commitment that you had to put in to get there. It was the support of family members that you had. My parents supported me. It's it's the stuff that it took to get there. And once you get into that position, you don't want to let it go.
3: Mm. so
1: it, the work that it took to get there it's even harder to stay there because there's a young man behind you that's trying to get in the same position that you're in right now <laughs>
3: that's
1: right. and so and so and so if 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 you appreciate the walk to get there, once you get in there it's the work that's going to keep you there. now people have to be able to trust you. Now people have to be able to, be, to to trust that you're gonna you're gonna come back ready to go. Mm-hmm. So now it's it's more of is all right. I'm I'm in it now, and now I have to do what I need to do to, to sustain the life I would like to have and the career that I would like to have. A lot of guys, a lot of guys get in, man. They think the break you and you kind of pump the brakes a little bit, but that's the time you need to hit the
2: gas. Justin Griffith, our guest right now, on unpacking it, former NFL fullback. Uh, but but right after your playing days were over, you, you became a, a coach in the NFL, and, and I've heard there's a, a pretty crazy story about how you were actually hired by the Oakland Raiders. So so what happened and what's the story there? <laughs> well,
1: so after 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 I finished playing, man, I went through like some like a lot of players when you when you are when you stop playing, and the way the way I stopped playing is uh, the way that I did not envision i had to stop playing mm. so I was, I was with the houston texans and we were at training camp and and you know like an old fullback lead play i went to go block a uh, a guy and all of a sudden i felt this shock go out through all my limbs and all my legs
3: oh. and so
1: i go and so we get done with practice i go home i'm sitting in the room with my wife and i said hey look i man my my right toe is tingling Oh. And so i call the trainers and we go in we do an mri and they say hey man you pinched a spider car oh. and so at at that time at that time i'm 30 years old and when the doctor comes in and say hey man you dodged the bullet you might want to think about retiring or we need to fix this problem so either way that year was a was just a waste for me mm. I think I made the smart decision of going on and retiring and that the year I retired, I had a chance, my wife and I had our first kid at the time. And that was a blessing within itself. So it helped ease the pain a little bit, but I'm still going through this dark phase. Mm. So one day, and so one day I'm sitting in our our house in the dark room, trying to figure out my next move. My wife comes in she turns the lights on. She says, Justin, you are not this guy. Why don't you just get up and do what you've been doing? You might not get play it, but why don't you coach it? Hmm. A light popped on, and I started making, started connecting with people and all that. So I got to the point where I connected with a guy by the name of Mo Kelly, who's the player development guy in Seattle. Hmm. I did a minority internship program in Seattle for a year on the Pete Carroll staff, and now the year is over, and now it's time for me to find a job. So most of the time, if, you, if you're if you looking for an NFL job, they say you have to go down to your, to the Senior Bowl and you have to get out and network with all the coaches who would be at the Senior Bowl, all the GMs who would be at the Senior Bowl. You got to take your cars down there and go there and just network. Well, I had a plane ticket already set up to go down to the Senior Bowl that year. and And I get a call from U.S. Airways. And they sent a text message and calls and they said, your plane has been canceled. Oh. Now this, I had to be there. Yeah, I had to be there on Monday morning to even get out and start to have a chance to network with some coaches and say, hey, I'm interested in coaching and take my car. Well, they told me my, that my plane had been canceled. Now it's nine o'clock at nighttime. My flight was supposed to take off by like 1030. Mm. And and I said, you know what, man, maybe this coaching thing is not for me. Maybe it's not for me. I get a call. We check the weather in Mobile. I don't see anything about some thunderstorms and all that. So I'm sitting in my bed. It's about 11 o'clock at night. I'm sitting around. I said, do I really want to do this coaching thing? I just could not go to sleep. Hmm. And I looked at my wife and I said, look, I'll be back. I'm heading down to Mobile. I got myself up, got myself ready. It's 12 o'clock in the morning. Oh. I jump in. I jump in my truck, and I take off from Charlotte, North Carolina, <laughs> at twelve o'clock. Oh, <laughs> at man. twelve o'clock in the morning, because there's something on the inside on the, on the inside of me telling me, "Hey, you you cannot stay here just because you have a look, just because you had something to happen. Yeah, that means this thing has to stop here. Oh. You know, it, it means it has to stop here. So I get in that truck, man. I drive. I I, I don't know how many hours it took me, but I drove all night. Oh, I drove all goodness. night. I still have my hotel room, man. Oh. I
2: check
1: into I check into my hotel room. I go out and I'm networking. I get my cards and all that kind of stuff. I come back to the hotel room for lunch. I'm walking down and lunch, and I hear this familiar voice that I've heard that I remember when I first came into the league. Hmm. Well, that familiar bar that familiar voice was a guy by the name of Al Miller. Al Miller was the strength coach when I first was drafted to the Atlanta Falcons. Coach Miller said, Justin, I haven't seen you. I See, said, we haven't seen each other since, I mean, it's been years. And then we said, I'm sitting there talking to him, and we're eating lunch, and we're having a good time. He said, Justin, what are you trying to do? I said, Coach, I'm trying to get into coaching. I'm trying to start the quality control level and work my way up, man. I'm trying to do that. Coach Miller picked up his phone, and he called a guy by the name of Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen was there. He had just gotten the head coaching job for the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, yeah. He All said, right. "Coach," He said, Coach Allen, I have somebody I think you need to hire, and Al Miller gave him my name, and in two days I was hired to be the Oakland Raiders quality control coach. The thing about it is that I had to be at the hotel with this man. Everything lined up. Yeah. <laughs> I had to be at the hotel I had to make the drive to be able to get the job that I was searching for. Oh. It took me eight nine, it took me eight, nine hours to get there. But what I, but, what, but the reason why I couldn't sleep on the inside uh, that night is because I had destiny was waiting for me. Mm. but I had to drive to get to the park <laughs> to, to the place. <laughs> I had to drive I had to get to the place where I can experience the love of God. Oh, so amen. I can experience. So that, so I got the, so I got the job, man, and the rest is history.
2: <laughs> that is so cool. What, what a great story. Justin Griffith our guest right now on Unpacking It, NFL player, and, and then became a, an NFL assistant coach uh, with the Oakland Raiders. And it's so cool to hear that. And, and so what I'm, I'm interested in, in hearing, we'll, we'll talk more about your, your faith journey, but, but specifically with this story. So you felt like, okay, this was what you were meant to do, to, to be a coach with, with, with Oakland. What was that experience like? And, and ultimately, how did you decide that maybe coaching wasn't what you were going to do long-term and and so just kind of that that whole process and what you learned throughout that
1: yeah so so i mean so before i went down before i made that trip before i made that trip to drive the mobile i said i had this i said this prayer in my truck i said well god if you really want me to coach in this phase of my life you have to make you have to open the door yeah i'm gonna do it i'm just gonna drive down here i'm gonna see what's going on i'm gonna do what i need to do but You'd have to open the door. And, man, I'm telling you, man, he was in the hotel that I was in, hmm. at the, in the same places. I, you can't line this stuff up. You can't make it up. No. So here I am. I, I'm, I'm trying to move through my phases of life, just moving through my phases of life, and I get this opportunity to coach for the Oakland Raiders become this quality control uh, offensive line coach. And I would say, man, that, that was – I mean, if you are a quality control coach or, or any entry-level coach, where you have to be an intern or you have to be a quality control coach, it teaches you a lot of valuable things that you have to have. I bet. It teaches you time management, <laughs> especially, I mean, I worked for a guy by the name of Tony Sperano. Oh,
3: yeah. Tony
1: Sperano just recently passed away about two years ago. So he was my, he was the guy that I was working on. He was very detailed, very detailed, attention to detail, how to do things, do time, do things in a timely order, and, and 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 doing it the right way and putting you all into it. Mm. Man, so having the chance to work on a guy like that where I had to make sure his PowerPoints were ready to go, had to make <laughs> sure all this, <laughs> I had to make sure all of his, uh, his, his his clips, the video clips were ready to go for the offensive lineman and then getting out there, setting up the drills, running drills with him, learning the key terms of the offensive lineman, sitting up on the sideline with him, listening to him talk and, and, and just the details of how to be a professional, a professional as a coach. Listening to all that was I can never I can never replace how valuable that it, that was to me because you learned so much.
2: Man, that's awesome. He's Justin Griffith, former NFL fullback with us here on Unpacking It. We have so much more of his story to get to. We want to hear more about his his faith and and more of his journey. When we return, thanks so much for being with us right here on Unpacking It. Hey, hey, it's Bryce Johnson, and it is time to start thinking about the upcoming fantasy football season. And good news, Unpacking It Ministries has a resource for you that will take you from the draft all the way through the championship. Order your Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook today and each week. Read about a fantasy concept and how it relates to the Bible and our own lives. It's designed for your league to discuss at weekly league meetings, on the phone, or in person. The FFF Playbook will add more meaning and purpose to the fantasy season and add value to your league. Grow in your faith, build deeper relationships with other owners in the league, and make more of your fantasy season. Join us at fantasyfootballfellowship.org and find all the details and order the FFF playbook today. That's fantasyfootballfellowship.org.
0: Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to
2: Unpacking
0: It with Bryce Johnson.
2: Welcome back to Unpacking It, our website, unpackingit.com. We're in the middle of a conversation with former NFL fullback Justin Griffith. He was a player, he was a coach, and now he's a restaurant owner. And we're going to continue with him telling his story of of how he discovered coaching wasn't for him and all that he learned through that process. And
1: so here I am, I'm coaching, I'm, I'm having this... This opportunity, man, with him, and he would let me run the meetings in the meeting rooms. He would let me go outside and and, and run some of the drills that the offensive, offensive linemen were running. He would let me get up there and draw some of the practice cards. I, it was a great experience of learning how to manage a whole group of guys so we can go out and complete a task at hand.
3: Hmm.
1: It was a great opportunity. And then our season took a turn. It took a turn. Uh the thing—the thing about the NFL now—if you're not winning,
2: <laughs>
1: if if you are—if you're not winning, it's gonna be hard for you to keep a job as a coach if you're not winning games.
2: That's right.
1: And that—that uh, that last year in 2014, I was in Oakland. We—I think we we started out. I think we were 0 three. We started out, and then we took a trip to London, and we played the Miami Dolphins in London, and we got it was an embarrassing loss in Miami. We came back, and, and Dennis Allen, they let Dennis Allen go, and Tony Sperano became the head
2: coach. Oh, that's right. And here
1: we are. We're going through this season, and, and man, we won some games. We played hard in some games, but to see him do that, and then now my responsibility, he gave me more responsibility with the offensive linemen of doing things. It's just valuable stuff that I had uh, that uh that I can take with me in the game of life, not just football, just the game of life. That's right. Of having that, in, knowing how to manage things and stuff, just having it. And so, lo and behold, everybody—they they let the whole crew go right after the season. Tony didn't get the job. They were moving to yeah, I think Jack Del Rio got the job. Mm. And here I am. I'm sitting. My wife and I, We have two kids now, and I have missed it. I have, especially the second, the second child. I basically missed this young man growing up. Ah. I mean, he's six now. And i I missed, I missed so many years of, of seeing him grow up because I was, a, I was coaching. Mm. I mean, coaching takes up a lot of time. Yeah. And I said, you know what? This might not be for me. Hmm. This might not be for me. I'm a, I said, well I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go with it right now. And I said, God, if it's time for me to make a shift, I want you to make a shift. I and so I got a call from Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy said, Justin, got your name from a few coaches on the fly you out for an interview. And at the time at the time I left Mississippi State without my, my college degree. Hmm. And so I want what I wanted to do. I want. I told Coach Gandhi, I said, Coach Gandhi, before you fly my fly me out, I just want to be honest with you. Now I did not finish my college degree. And so uh, he checked. He said, Let me call you back. Let me check with the uh, the AD and see if we can work something out where you can coach and you can finish your college college degree. Well, that did not happen. Oh. And so my so we got up. we moved back to Charlotte, North Carolina, and lo and behold, I said, you know what, I want to go back to school. I want to finish my degree. Hmm. If something comes up like this again, I would never, ever, ever want that door to close in my face the way it closed. Hmm. And so, man, and so I started school, I always tell people, I started school in 1998. I didn't finish, I didn't get my college degree until December of 2015. (laughs) (laughs) But, But you got it, but you got it. (laughs)
2: that's that's a long time
1: yeah man so uh, one door open and another door closed kind of put me where i am right now
2: amen wow what what a great story justin griffith our guest right now on unpacking it former nfl fullback and and also uh, an nfl coach and and now you and your wife own a, a restaurant it's called famous toastery and and it's in uptown charlotte and, and so now having just heard that aspect of your story as far as, all right, you spent a couple years coaching, you learned a bunch of skills, it allowed you to, to really transition from your playing days, and it gave you, you know, something to pursue, and so you, you did that, then you realize, all right, that's not where, where God ultimately wants me. He brings you to Charlotte, and, and now opens up this opportunity for you to, to own a restaurant. So what has that experience been like, and, and, and how has this maybe been a, a sweet spot for you? Yeah, that,
1: that, that, this experience has been, uh, I tell you, it's been gratifying and it's been stressful stressful at the same time. But I was built for this. That's cool. I was built for it. All those years of going through training camp, all those years of being under Tony and learning those management skills, all those years of watching my parents and watching my in-laws, all those years of doing it, now I'm out here by myself. Running my own business. Mm. This has been this has been one of the things that has been, like I said, the most gratifying and the most stressful parts of my life when it comes to running this famous toastery. And the reason reason being is business. It's just business. It's, it's business. I think a lot of business people can 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 uh, appreciate opening a, a store or opening a business. I think they can also sit there and tell you about the the stressful things that come behind it. But how I got to the famous Toastery man is that my wife and I we were we were driving our kids to daycare, and we were in Concord, North Carolina, and and we kept passing this store and, and it had a toast on the outside of it, <laughs> and I kept asking my wife, I would say, Kim, what what's this toast on the outside of this building? I, I I've never heard of a, seen a store like that. So we went in, we tried it out, I loved it. I went in the second time, but anytime time I love something, I always try to get some a different perspective from someone. So I asked my mother-in-law to come with me, and she loved the food. And then the next time we went, I went through another time, and then I asked a whole other people. A lot of other people come with me. They all loved the food. So what I did, I got online, filled out an application, I spoke with the corporate guys, and spoke with management, and then the rest of it is pretty much history. Got a chance to put a store in Uptown, Charlotte. And it's a franchise yep. versus a startup. Mm. So we talking about a franchise, which fits what I used to do, and so I applied it to the business world, and it works.
3: Mm.
1: It works. I applied it to the business world, and it works. And that's where, it that's where I I, I I looked at this famous toastery concept. It allows me to have the business. And it also allows me to have the family life that I want to. Oh. We are seven to three we are seven to three operation. I can get out of the building by four o'clock. I can come home and help with homework by four thirty. Wow. I can come home and help with baths by five o'clock. I can come home and, and actually watch the kids grow up then missing all of it. And I'm and that's the most blessed part about it for me,
3: mm.
1: being able to be to being able to be an active dad. With all the stuff that that I've been through, and all the stuff that I, I've had, some good moments, I've had some moments where I was like, "Man, God, you got to help me get through this one," because I don't consider all moments bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to cause them say all moments are bad. Some moments you just got to press. You got to press through those moments. That's right. And I've had those in football when I had when I had pinched my spinal cord. I've, I mean, I've broken my ankle, I have tore my ACL, but I had to press through those moments. I bounced back, mm. and just like this right here through business. Some, there are some moments I'm going to have to press, and there are some moments I'm going to sit back and say, boy, look what the Lord has done. That's, that's just kind of the life that you that's – that's life for everybody. Uh, pressing, pressing is part of your life. Mm. It's part of your life. One woman, and and I don't want to go all the way to the Bible, one woman in the Bible, man, she had had an issue. She was bleeding. She had been bleeding for 12 years. Mm. And the Bible tells us that she heard Jesus was coming in town. Every once in a while, see, I I thought, see, Jesus, I met a a God thing in Mobile. I had to press through the night to get there.
2: That's right. (laughs) That's right. So
1: this woman, this woman heard Jesus was in town. And the Bible tells us, that the crowd was so large that it began to crush Jesus but this lady had to, this lady had to get to him so the bible the bible tells us she started pressing her way to Jesus he, she got close enough to touch him and she was healed of this 12 year uh, issue that she had been dealing with well she wouldn't never receive that miracle if she didn't make up her mind to press mm. see I, if we just if you just keep pressing in your life Whatever it is, if you just keep pressing, yeah, you're going to go through some dark moments. You might go through some trying times, but if you keep pressing at some point, you're going to reach your hand out and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to receive something that you didn't expect
3: mm.
1: and it's going to bless your life. Wow. <laughs> it's going to bless your life. And so running, running this business has allowed me to experience all worlds of it, man. But the one thing that it has allowed me to do is be able to come home and be a husband to Kim and be a a father to Brody, Dylan, Logan, and Ethan. That's what. That's one Amen. thing it has, it has. And then I can I can still turn on my TV and get my football and get my football. <laughs> get my
2: football. <laughs> I, I'm with you, man. I know I love that that perspective and, and just a, a great in, encouragement uh, for all of us today. And, and Justin, man, I, I I could talk all day. I feel like we've only scratched the surface. Uh, but but let's let's wrap up. And and we we've heard just a, a little bit about your your faith. Uh, throughout your story and, and all that God's done in your mm-hmm. in your life and it's just so cool to see how you know, he really designed different aspects of your, your life to come together and, and for you to really thrive in this season of your life, which is just neat to hear. Uh, but but I'm curious, what is maybe something that, that, that God is teaching you right now? Is there something that you've been been studying or, or learning or or really just something that maybe God's revealed to you most recently. <laughs>
1: Obviously, we know God is good. I'm learning more now about who He is when you don't see Him moving His finger in your life all the time.
3: Hmm.
1: I had a I had one man that I was I had one man that called me one time. This was back in 2007. I would I would, would never I would never forget this man telling me this. This man told me I, I called him, We were talking. a guy I went to church with back in Atlanta. And I told him, man, I'm having a rough time at training camp right now. It just seems like, like a lot of things are off right now. And I'm praying. I'm asking God. I feel like I, God's not hearing me and stuff. And this man said something to me. He said, man, look here. When you can't see God's hand moving in your life the way you want it to, you always have to remember and trust that his that he God has you in his heart, that his heart for you is always good. Mm. So when you can't see the things moving in your life, you have to trust that he has your best interest at heart. Mm. And see, I'm learning that. And I'm it, and it takes you. It takes you a little time to know that. Oh, yeah. It takes you a little time to understand that. It takes you a little time to mature,
3: mm-hmm. to
1: mature in your, into your walk with Christ. And I'm, and I'm getting to the, uh, an age now, I'm, but my maturity in Christ is stepping up mm. because because sometimes it's not going to look like it's going to work out. But if you hold on just enough, God always works it out. So when you are going through things with your, with your family or when you're going through things with your business or you're going through things in your personal life and you just can't see God. Uh, moving it uh, on your behalf, you always have to trust that God's heart is always for you. He's never, it's never against you. And Mm. the Bible tells us that I would never leave you nor forsake you. So he's there. Mm. He's there. He's there all the time. I would never leave you nor forsake you. Neither height nor death can ever separate me from you. So I have to learn and trust, and see I'm maturing in that area of my life right now. That's what God is dealing with me on age.
2: Man, lo- love your uh, your heart and passion, and and just uh, hearing your story and. It's just a story of, of God's faithfulness, and, and it's cool to see uh, all that he's doing in your life. And uh, man, father of four, that, that's awesome. So, so wish you the, the best with that. And uh, man, we'll definitely catch up again. And thank you so much for being a part of Unpacking It Today and, and being willing to share all that you did.
1: No, thank you guys for having me.
2: Coming up next, we'll wrap up the show with Unpack This About the Packers' Defense.
0: inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews more unpacking it with Bryce Johnson after this
2: this is unpacking it I'm Bryce Johnson it's time for our final segment of the day we call it unpack this where I take a current sports story and relate it to the bible and our own lives so let's jump right in NFL fans were fired up to watch the first game of the season Thursday night We anticipated Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball all over the field and hoped that Mitch Trubisky would show signs of major improvement as the Bears quarterback. Instead of amazing offensive performances from Chicago and Green Bay, strong defenses were on full display. We knew the Bears could dominate that side of the ball, but it was a pleasant surprise to see the Packers' defense really shine. They helped secure the 10-3 win with five sacks and a game-winning interception. After years of Green Bay struggling with their defense and it costing them opportunities for wins, it was clear Aaron Rodgers was thrilled with how they played. Following the game, he excitedly mentioned multiple times, we got a defense. Now, despite the league becoming more offensive-minded overall, everyone knows how important it is to have a reliable and effective defense. Not only is defending well critical in football, but it's also important as followers of Jesus. While living our lives pursuing Him and standing out from the rest of the world because of the peace and joy we have, we need to be ready to defend why we believe what we do. When we really follow Jesus and live with hope, people will ask us questions and want to know why we're different. The good news is that we got a defense. We know Jesus transforms lives, so we must take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves and be ready and willing to share when people ask. The Bible says, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Now, having a strong defense helps win championships in football, and having a defense for our faith in Jesus can lead to victories for eternity. So I hope you're willing to unpack that for yourselves and really appreciate you joining me today. And hope you'll stay connected with us throughout the week on social media and on unpackingit.com. If you have any thoughts about today's show, you can email me, bryce at unpackingit.com. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM, Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio.